0: Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. I'm making this recording on Labor Day, Monday, which is a holiday here in the U.S., And I decided I would sort of take part of the day off. And then on the other part of the day, later in the day, I would do some of the projects that maybe I'd like to put off. You know, sometimes you have those projects, you look at it and you just kind of think, oh, I really don't want to do that. But I've learned that when I look at a project like that, it's probably better to just jump right into it and get it done as fast as possible. That way it's not lingering in the back of your mind. But anyway, we made it through the hurricane okay. The hurricane made landfall here in the state of Florida on Wednesday. We didn't have any flooding in my particular area, but east of us, they had quite a bit of flooding. I think nothing compared to the hurricane of last year, last September. Hopefully we're done, but we're just here at the beginning of the month, so I'm hoping that there won't be any more hurricanes. Matter of fact, I had someone in California ask me how how long would you be willing to put up with hurricanes before you finally got to the point where you said that's enough it's time to relocate and believe it or not I actually gave that some thought a few weeks ago and I think that if we were hit by a hurricane like every other year or every year at that point I might be thinking especially with power outages although with the latest technology and new lines that they're supposed to be laying down. They say that that may become a thing of the past in a lot of cases. Who knows? But I think if it did happen, I would definitely be considering relocating if this was like an every year occurrence or every other year occurrence. But thankfully, we didn't suffer any damage uh, personally. I know east of us, there were some areas where there was quite a bit of flooding, some cars that were left there were not underwater but the water was high enough to reach the motor and there were a few there was a one place in particular where there's a lot of small boutique shops and the flooding was really bad in that area where the water had actually come up over the sidewalk up through the front door and maybe it was about three or four inches high off the floor when you're actually inside of the shop So I imagine that does quite a bit of damage also. Thankfully, I'm not in that area. But you know, it's terrible when you see a storm like this coming through, you're wishing it doesn't hit you. But then, of course, it's going to hit somebody. But uh, I guess that's just part of what it's like when you live close to the equator where these uh, hurricanes come through from uh, from the east. They say a lot of them start in Africa. I don't know if that's true or not anymore. But anyway, So if you're going to live on the east coast of the United States, you're going to get hit with hurricanes. If you're in the southeast, you're going to hit with, they're called nor'easters, big storms. If you're in the northeast, if you live close to the water, and it's funny when you think about it, but the most expensive properties are always close to the water, and they're the ones that always take the pounding when these huge storms come in. If you're in the Midwest, I guess you're going to get flooding there too. If you live close to a river, which is very dangerous. At least here, if you live close on the bay, it's not like the bay is going to rise that much higher, even during a hurricane. And then eventually the waters recede. Anyway, that's my take on the weather. So happy Labor Day! I know you'll be listening to this tomorrow, the day after I make this recording. But for those of you here in the U.S., I hope you had a nice uh, Labor Day break for those of you who were able to take one. And uh, here we are. It's September. We are getting ready to move into what, the third quarter will be ending soon, and then we begin the last quarter of the year. So I hope all of you business-wise have had at least a decent year. A lot of things have changed though this year, haven't they? And in particular, have you noticed that people have changed, that people are different? They're not the same as they were two years ago? Recently, I read a study that was taken where they were saying that um, children and absenteeism has increased across the country where kids no longer want to be in school and they're finding reasons why not to be there. And I have to say that I can identify with that because as a kid, I hated going to school. Yeah, I had my core group of friends, but I met with them outside of school after school. So it's not like school was doing anything uh, special for me, at least in my mind at the time. Whereas today, it's a totally different type of climate out there. There were bullies back in my day. I know there's bullies today, but when you hear about things like kids killing themselves and because they're being bullied and they're depressed and all this other stuff, it's a completely different climate from the climate that I grew up in. And so, yeah, my heart goes out to kids, people growing up in the school system today. I, and I don't have any kids myself. My A lot of my friends do. Uh, some of their kids are younger. Some are much older and are adults but whatever age they happen to be, you're always going to be a parent. You're always going to be wanting to look out for them, be there for them, help them. Quite a few of my friends have autistic children, special needs children, and I have no idea why that is either. I remember back again, going back years ago into the 80s, where it didn't seem like that autism was that there were that many autistic kids, whereas today it seems like there's a lot. So again, I have no idea why that is, but I know that as a parent, if you have an autistic child, then you need to spend extra time with them. You have extra care and consideration or things on your mind about how to have a support system there for them as they grow older and help them make the adjustment into adulthood the best that they can. And so, yeah, it's a completely, maybe that has some to do, I'm talking about just interpersonal relationships and challenges within families today. Maybe there's more than there was in the past. I know that when it comes to finances, people are struggling more today. And of course, we're in a time where we're almost on the brink of a recession. And to be honest with you, I don't really listen to, or I do my best not to get taken in by what the media is telling me. Because back in 2008, we had a recession and it hurt a lot of businesses at the time. It hurt my business at the time, because quite honestly, I was asleep at the wheel at the time. I wasn't really that interested in growing my business. I was more or less going through the motions, doing the minimum while my mind was elsewhere doing other things. And the recession hit and I wasn't ready for it. And so that's the difference between then and now. I'm ready for it. But if you ask a lot of people, you can take that word out, recession, and replace it with the word depression. What's the difference between a recession and a depression? And I think from an academic standpoint, maybe we can sit down and discuss the finer points of it. But let's put it this way. When you are neck deep in credit card debt, when you're having trouble just making ends meet, when it feels like, as one person recently said, they feel like they're taking two steps forward and one and a half steps backward. But when they're walking into the wind or running into the wind, so to speak, and they feel that way, does it really matter what label we put on the state of the economy? Because for that individual, stress has increased, problems within the home have increased, there's challenges on every front, and so that's sort of the way I look at it now, because for whatever reason, I believe it was the media that decided that we're not going to use the word depression. And even when we talk about recession, that word, what does it mean? It means a shrinkage in economic growth for X number of quarters. Recently, that happened, I guess, within the last uh, year and a half. Some people said, oh, we're officially in a recession. Other people said we're not. And so part of the problem happens is when people become afraid and they stop spending money. The people that have money stop spending money. It's another thing when the people who don't have enough money, who can't afford to be spending money spend even less than they were spending before. But when you put all those things together, we can see that economic slowdown. So, if I'm listening to a financial show, which I do, I'm not sure that I should or not anymore. But when I listen to these shows, It's almost like one person parrots the other person for the most part, and then you have some outliers, and it seems like a lot of times, more than people would like to admit, the people who are the outliers are right, and again, they're right more often than we'd like to admit. If you like watching uh, streaming movies, there's a movie called The Big Short, And if you're at all interested in finances, this movie was made several years ago. It's not a new movie. It's called The Big Short. You should watch it maybe once or twice and really digest how the financial system works, how it affects you, how the media spins the facts to make certain things look like they're happening when in fact they're not or aren't happening when in fact they are. So yes, it's a real eye-opener. But getting back to what I originally started talking about in today's episode, things are changing in the business world. Things are changing in the social world all around us. And I've seen more change over the last, I would say, year to year and a half. And absolutely, the whole COVID with the shutdowns and all that had some impact. But people came out the other side a lot different than they went into that. Habits changed. Focuses have changed. Attitudes have changed. Have you noticed that? I know I can't be the only one. And I'm not just talking about the world of business too. I'm talking about, have you really sat down and talked to friends and relatives? Have you noticed how they are looking at the world a little bit differently today than they were in the past? And so I'm bringing this up because when the world around us changes, people change, it inevitably has a domino effect. It affects the business world. It affects how we interact with other business people, how products and services are viewed, and that's what I wanna talk a little bit about today. Now, about a month and a half ago, I went to a meeting with a client, we sat down together, and one of her younger workers came and joined the conversation, and what she said was very interesting. Now, this is somebody who is in her 20s, the worker, and she was talking about all of the struggles that she had as a 20-something in, the world of 2023. Her rent was going up. It was becoming almost, I forgot how many people live where she's renting in the home together, but they have to combine all of their money together just to pay the rent and the utilities. And the cost of living keeps going up and up and up, and it's affecting them significantly. So as a 20-something, they're not even looking at getting ahead at this point in 2023. Their mindset is more like, how do we survive? And the other thing is, a lot of them are using their credit cards to not only survive, but to be able to purchase the things that they want. So they're inadvertently creating debt for themselves at a very young age, which I can relate to totally because I experienced something similar myself when I was in my 20s. But anyway, our conversation turned to consumer behavior, and I was wondering how people in her age bracket, she and her friends, how their online behavior had changed over time. And so what I learned was the way they search for their services. I'm talking about people around their, in their 20s. I know this isn't everyone. I'm just making a general statement. I'm sure there's people that do it the old way. I'm sure that people have their own styles, ways of doing things. Maybe some people just talk to Alexa. <laughs> I don't know. But the their be, online behavior is much different because even though traditional online searches are still relevant, you can still open up Google, Bing, wherever, you can just type in what you're looking for, that for that group, TikTok has become a major part of how they interact with information online. So in other words, if she was looking for a new kind of makeup information about it, new type of makeup brush or any type of skincare type of solution, what she and her friends do is they go on to TikTok And they type in what they're looking for, and then they find different people talking about those products and giving that kind of information out. And she said there's even quite a few doctors on TikTok that are in that area of skincare. And so when she said that to me, I realized, well, that's gotta be true of practically every niche out there, regardless of what the topic is. And I looked at TikTok as a way of maybe unwinding with some shorter entertaining videos. Even though I wasn't into it, Lori was much more into TikTok than I was. Matter of fact, at the end of the day, that's how she would unwind. She would watch funny TikTok videos, usually animal videos, and then she would share them with me. So my view of TikTok was more of a way of getting little clips of entertainment and a way to relax and unwind a bit. And so I didn't look at TikTok from a business perspective. Well, if you're in the world of marketing, one of the people who have been talking about this for ages has been, or seemingly ages has been uh, Gary V. Gary V talks about TikTok all the time and says that every business should be using it. And I understand why he's saying that, because if you're going to have a marketing agency and you're going to have clients that are out there trying to grow their brand, trying to advertise, get decent rates, then TikTok is one of the more viable options out there as far as a return on that investment. Because advertising on TikTok is a lot cheaper than advertising on Facebook or Google Ads or any of the other options that are currently out there right now. And it's a window that's not going to stay open forever. But I looked at it from more, more of the standpoint that a lot of my customers are clients, are more high ticket in nature, and so they're not selling to the younger crowd. But if my clients were selling to a younger crowd or wanting to experiment with reaching a younger audience, then most definitely I would tell them that you need to experiment with TikTok. But if you're a big company, you're going to do it anyway. If you're a huge company, you're going to focus on all of the social platforms. And then you're going to look back and see where you're making headway, where you're not, where your ROI is, and then you're going to adjust from there. But when you're talking about smaller businesses or businesses that have very narrow profit margins, then you have to work with what you have. And so Facebook has been a kind of like a fallback when it comes to advertising for a long time. Before that, it was Google ads until they became incredibly expensive. And again, it depends what your market is. It depends what your price points are. If you're selling something where there's a huge markup involved in it, well, then of course you can spread yourself out and test all of these different platforms. But anyway, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Consumer behavior is changing and you don't want to assume that your marketplace's behavior is the same that it was a few years ago. And so this opened my eyes really to TikTok looking at it in a different way than I had been looking at it in the past. Now, marketing, sales, advertising, how the technology changes and the frequency with which it changes. I think that's going to happen even faster than ever. Over the next few years, because now AI is finding an increasing number of use cases and it's making it possible for people to do more while spending less. Because you don't need people to be able to manually do what you wanted to get done now. You can have different AI algorithms, different AI apps be able to replace the need to have somebody physically there doing that kind of work. But there's no getting around the fact that. There is a rise and there has been a rise of visual platforms going all the way back to the early days of YouTube. So when we look at YouTube, and we look at TikTok and we look at Instagram, even Pinterest, they have more influence over the world of search today than they have in the past. I even know some old timers who start their searches in YouTube now because they'd rather watch a video and get the information quickly than have to read. I've talked to women, my generation, who enjoy arts and crafts. And it turns out that they love using Pinterest now to find what they're looking for. And they use Pinterest the way some people use Google to do searches for their topics. So maybe they're artistic, they're into that kind of purchasing artistic-type products, arts and crafts, things of that nature, and they love Pinterest. So I would have to say yes, absolutely. From where I'm sitting, consumer behavior has changed enough where that change is distinct. I can recognize it. How people respond, how they interact online and elsewhere is different today from the way it was in the past, even the recent past. I mean, think about how your own mentality has changed over the last several years. Let's take online reviews for an example. Do you believe the reviews that you read or not? If you think about maybe going to a movie or buying a product or service, Or even buying something simple like a book, are you more likely to believe the five-star reviews or the four-star reviews? I know that if we're talking about a marketing and advertising book, I'm less likely to believe the reviews because I know how that market operates. I know there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I'm more likely to believe a three-star review than I am a four or five-star review. Do you believe the Amazon product reviews, if you're thinking about making a purchase online, or in the back of your mind, is there that possibility that maybe these reviews are bought and paid for? Do you find your mind going there? I know I do more than I have in the past, especially when I learned that there are companies that do just that. They will create either positive reviews to support your company or negative reviews to attack a competitor. Some people don't even know that 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 kind of, those kind of services exist online. What about Google business reviews or Yelp or Trustpilot or any of those? Do you believe, I mean, I like Trustpilot personally. I'm not a huge fan of Yelp. Google business reviews, I think more or less they're kind of accurate, but I mean, I look at all of them in the same category today and it was never like that in the past. I think that more people today, and I I think that the statistics would bear this out, if given the choice of reading an online review, it doesn't make any difference whether it's on Google Business or Yelp or Trustpilot or any other type of review platform. I think that more people would rather get the opinion of a friend or a family member and take that and weigh that higher than, let's say, an online review. Now, some reviews, when they had that video component mixed in there, those type of reviews, I tend to believe a little bit more, especially when someone's talking about a mechanical part and they're showing how it works and how to install it. And they bought it for something and it was a use case with cars and kitchen appliances and things like that. Things that if you're a tinkerer type of person, you know that those reviews tend to be a little more believable than, let's say, the average mass market kind of product or especially software or any type of app, premium app that you're going to pay for. Those reviews I take with a grain of salt. So, and you know, it's funny, but in the past, I used to find myself agreeing with reviews when I wanted the reviews to be true. I'm sure other people do that as well. And I more or less ignored the negative reviews when I didn't want to believe the negative side of it. But you know, over time, I've learned that negative reviews seem to be more in line with my personal experience with a lot of the purchases that I've made, especially in the area of software, than the positive reviews were. And I understand if you're looking at a restaurant, it can be a great restaurant, but there's always going to be someone that has a lousy meal and lousy service, and they're going to leave a negative review. That's to be expected. Matter of fact, if you don't see a negative review, even when we're talking about something that comes off an assembly line, every once in a while you get a lemon And so, if you don't see any negative reviews at all, you have to wonder if the positive ones are real, because it's not realistic unless we're only talking about 20 or 30 reviews. But if you have a thousand all five star reviews, that's not really believable either. Or only five and four star reviews. Sooner or later, there's somebody that's going to look at that product or the service or whatever it is and say, well, that was just average at best, or the person has an outright bad experience. It's almost impossible with human nature not to have that happen from time to time. Now, if it happens all the time, of course, there's probably a real problem there. But when you look at this topic from a business owner's perspective, you almost have to force yourself to take a contrarian viewpoint for a bit and ask yourself when you're looking at your own products and services and your own viewpoint of your marketplace, you know, we assume a lot of things especially when we're looking at the present time that we're in as compared with the past. Oftentimes, things have to change drastically before we allow ourselves to believe, yes, things have changed. And we assume that other people are thinking the way we are as business owners. But it's really quite the opposite, because people who are on the outside looking in see our businesses much different than we see them from the inside looking out. And so sometimes you have to question, what if some of my assumptions that I'm making today are wrong? And it's not until you allow yourself to take a contrarian viewpoint, because we all have our viewpoints. And very seldom do we question our viewpoints. But when we do, sometimes that can be a turning point in whatever experience that we're having. It could be business, personal, financial, wherever. The point I'm trying to make is when you make too many assumptions, it can get you into trouble. For example, what if your customers and clients aren't seeing things the way you think they are? You're just assuming they are. You're just assuming they're thinking the same way they have in the past. And we talk about things from business perspective and we use terms like marketplace or niche. A marketplace isn't this vague intellectual concept that we use When talking about what category or what area we do business in, the marketplace is made up of real living people with real life challenges, real life needs, just like your friends have, just like your family have. These are real people on the other end of the connection. And so why not reach out to some of them and find out if you're still on the same page as they are or are they on the same page as you are? Find out what's changed because it's almost a guarantee that something has. That way, you can possibly adjust what you're doing so you can, at the very least, maintain, if not increase, the value that you bring to the table. Look, I know what it's like to get so involved in the details of the inside-facing part of a business that you lose sight of what's happening in the outside-facing part of it eventually you start to assume that because people like what you were doing six months ago, or they like what you were doing 12 months ago or longer, that everything's still fine when in fact it may not be. One of the things I've personally noticed is that people are more jaded today in 2023 than they were even a few years ago. And it was bad in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Don't make any mistake about that. Another thing which is crazy, if you've noticed some of the business ads that are currently running on Facebook, I don't know if you get those in your feed or not, or if you're still on Facebook or not. But whenever I go on Facebook, I notice that a lot of the ads, especially dealing with business and marketing and advertising, they seem to be tone deaf to the time that we're in. These ads were a better fit for the audience of, or the audiences of 2015 than they are 2023. And so yes, consumer behavior has changed quite a bit. And if you wait for someone to come out with an official report or statistics about it, that means they're looking back at what already happened because it's measurable. Most of the time when you're in it, it's not measurable, but I hope you can see it. I hope you can see it for yourself. So the question may be, what can we expect going forward? Well, let me say this, because I deal with two sides of this. I deal with the people who are in the business world and the people who are not. And there's more people who are not in the business world, but of course, this is a business podcast, so I'm talking to a small group of people at the end of the day. I believe that things like information, the stuff that we find in courses, books, things of that nature, videos, I believe that it's become more or less commoditized at this point and it's more even more so in particular in certain niches which means that I expect the price points to drop. Now remember I'm making a general statement this is a generalization it doesn't include everyone I'm not pointing at your business I'm trying to shine a spotlight on what you're doing in particular there's always going to be exceptions and you can be an exception but I believe that generally speaking, the mad rush to get information is over. I believe the mad rush to hire coaches has passed. Now we can look at terms like coaches and consulting. There is a crossover there and it's my personal experience that consulting is still valued but it's valued much more so if that consulting is combined with some kind of done-for-you service, a service that people purchase. Consulting alone is not, there's not a mad rush to hire consultants that just give advice like there used to be. And I believe that when we look at information, learning, education, I know there's continued education, but the Generations of people, and we can look at people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all the way up any age group that were capable of buying and affording high end training online. They have already made those purchases, they have already put those principles into action. And so, that group of people are not going to be repeat buyers. You're going to have to wait for another generation of people to come up and to be in that place again where they want to learn the ABCs and everything that goes along with them and the advanced information. Most of the people I know, even that took my more expensive courses, they no longer need an entire course on how to do anything. What they need is specific guidance for a specific situation, and you can get that in a mastermind group. But again, this information isn't jealously guarded. Uh, It's not like a, a secret that you can only find in a mastermind group. Some of this information that you need may be available in a $5 ebook. It's just that you haven't found it yet. Matter of fact, some of the information you can find without making any purchases, just ask chat GPT, the right questions, maybe a series of questions, and you can get the same information. So freelancers, web developers, solo entrepreneurs, it's of my personal opinion, that this group of people are positioned better than just about anyone to succeed in the time that we're in and the time that I believe we're going into. And that's because the business to business world is going to continue to spend money. It really doesn't have any choice. It needs to spend money and buy services in order to survive. It's kind of like, if you think about the uh, different systems that are in your body, blood flow, it has to work from head to toe, right? In order for you to be alive, it's the same thing with the flow of money that goes through the system. Now, they may not be spending quite as much money over the next 12 to 24 months, regardless of what happens with the economy, but they'll still be spending. And so I believe that if you're a freelancer, if you're a solo entrepreneur, if you're a web developer and you have your overhead in check, I believe that if we do fall into a severe recession, I believe that you'll be able to weather the storm. So that is good news for you. And hopefully you'll be able to make a little bit more because there's going to be needs all around you. I mean, from family members to friends that may need a helping hand, if you're able to do so, hopefully you'll be in that position as a freelancer, as a solo entrepreneur, as an online business owner. You just have to recognize the fact that What people value and what they're willing to spend money on has changed. So, you're going to have to adjust your product and service offerings to reflect the new value, what things people currently value in the time that we're in today. All right. Well, you know, I never mentioned anything about the sponsor of today's podcast episode. That's probably because I kind of am the sponsor of this podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter, my newsletter, which is available at jimsnewsletter.com, absolutely free. I, it comes out at the end of every month, the 23rd or the 24th. And the One To Many System, which is my big course, it's the culmination of my 25 plus years of doing business online. That's available at onetomanysystem.com. So that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please share it online. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.